This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson. I'm a Christian freelance writer, mom of two littles, and I'm passionate about helping you live out your best and deepest faith in everyday life. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring women, moms, and ministry leaders, authors, and more. Those on mission for God with a message to inspire you in your Christian walk, wherever that may be. Each month, I send out interviews, tips, book reviews, and exclusive giveaways to my email list. If you'd like to receive these things, just head to my website, ericaanderson.com, and sign up. My new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, comes out this January, and I want you to be the first to know all the details. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Worth Your Time Podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and today I'm speaking with Monet Carpenter. Monet, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Erica. Well, I've loved connecting with so many fellow writers and creatives through Hope Writers, which is where we, I believe, connected. Um, So tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, sort of what you're doing in life right now. Yeah, so I live in Prattville, Alabama, so it's the central part of Alabama. Um, We moved here about five years ago, so I could stay home with our kids. Uh, We're originally from Pennsylvania. Um, So we moved from Amish country down to the south, and it's really hot, very hot here (laughs) with lots of big bugs. Um, So that's a little bit about us. I am a registered nurse, but a couple years ago, um, I decided to stay home and then um, I went back to work during the pandemic. So I've kind of been, I wear all the hats. So stay at home mom, work from home mom, you know, all the things. How old are your kids? (laughs) They are six and four. Our youngest just turned four. Oh, that is the exact age of mine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And when's when's the four-year-old's birthday? In February. So. Okay. Mine's March, March 7th. So yeah, yes. almost exactly the same. So we're in the exact same stage of life then. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they keep us busy um, and we're just learning how to be parents as we go along with it. So <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to have a few questions maybe about motherhood, just because I love talking about that with people. Um, But tell us a little bit about sort of your writing and your creative side and how you live that out in the midst of like all the other stuff that you have going on. Sure. Um, I would consider myself that I've always been a writer. Um, I've always been a journaler, even since I was a kid. I have a diary from when I was young. And I would just, that's kind of how I would process life and the things that were happening around me. Um, And that's kind of just where I began to explore my voice as a person and as a contemplative person. Um, Many of my friends would say that I'm a deep thinker and I can just kind of go off on a tangent of deep thoughts and creation itself and how God intersects with the very simple things that we do um, throughout the day. So that's always kind of been part of my story. Um, I would say in 2019, I started taking my writing seriously and just started writing for women and trying to help them to show up to the hard parts of their lives. Um, Most of the women that I write for already know Jesus. They know about God, but 
I find myself, I found myself as a believer just struggling to know God's character um, during seasons of hardship and what that meant for me. And when our faith intersects with the reality of suffering, suffering in this world, but also the reality that, you know, suffering is part of bearing the name of Jesus. It was never meant to be easy. Um, And so learning how to show up and to live um, in that, that's who I started writing for um, and just kind of went from there. Um, Like I said, I went back to work during the pandemic. And so there was a lot of processing that I had to do there. Um, There were just so many strong opinions on either side. And at the end of the day, I still had to show up and take care of people who were right in front of me in the beds, despite what um, anything or anyone was saying around me, there were still sick people that I had to take care of. And some of them had nothing to do with COVID-19. And so learning to figure out how do I be a caregiver and to keep showing up when everything is so loud and noisy and how do I still show compassion? Um, And so during that season, it was really, really difficult to be a mom and to be a caretaker and um, to learn more about myself um, as a woman and as someone who can be brave to do the hard thing. I did not want to go back to work, but our family circumstances deemed that necessary at the time. And I really felt like That was a perfect opportunity for me to overcome some fears that I had been holding on to, um, but also to know um, that in our bravery, we can show up um, not being completely perfect or satisfied uh, with what we're doing, but that God gives us the strength and he grows us in that season. Um, And kind of out of that growing, um, I launched a business um, the latter part of last year. It's a subscription box. And I really just felt the need for women to gather again and connect again in community. We have all been so isolated for so long behind screens, trying our very best to connect. And I just felt like God was whispering, you know, I want you to take this joy that I'm giving you and I want you to box it up and I want you to send it out to other people, connect with them, but encourage them so that way they can get back out there and connect in their own communities. Yeah, that's really cool. It's, it's kind of scary to start a business. Um, (laughs) So did you, did you feel like a very clear kind of directive from God to do that? Or was it more muddled where you were like, I think this is the right thing, but I'm not sure. It was Absolutely a clear directive. I am not business minded at all, um, <laughs> at all. Um, I'm a nurse and mom and wife and just show up in community where I'm at. Um, and so I know nothing about business um, or a business model or how to launch a business. Um, but on my commute home, I was travel nursing at the time. On my drive home um, from work, I was just, just really thanking God for what the blessings that he had given me and what I was seeing that morning. It was a hard shift um, that I was leaving from, but my week was over and I was just thankful for that. And so out of gratitude, I just felt him whisper, like, I'm filling your cup and I just want you to do this. And I want you to call it purpose box because mm-hmm. it has a purpose. And I want you to help women to live on purpose. You know, we were created on purpose for a purpose, and I want you to help them to reignite that again. And so it most definitely was from him. I think that if it was not clear, I would have drugged my feet a little bit longer. I still did that, but just not as long. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot to put together and to think about and to plan for. 
So tell us what is in the box, how it works and all that stuff. Sure. So every month we, um, and when I say we, I have a designer on board with me and she helps me to um, gather all of the supplies and get our sourcing and things like that. But every month we curate a box that is based on a theme and the theme changes monthly. Um, So for instance, in March, we did a cultivate theme. And so we were gathering items that we believed were purposeful in our lives um, that just helped us to cultivate everyday things. So planters. People are getting ready for spring. And so we wanted to provide an item that when they visually saw it, it helped them to remember that we're cultivating kindness in our lives. We're cultivating goodness. We're cultivating community. Um, And so we source these items based off of the theme. Um, But what's really neat about the box is we never want to send out items that just become stuff in our homes. We are inundated with stuff everywhere, noise, um, tangible things that just take up space. And we never want our boxes to be that. And so each of the items that we gather together and that we source, they have a purpose. And the best part, I think about the boxes, the insert that we send along with each box. It tells you a little bit about where the product comes from, but it tells you a purposeful way to use the product and what it means to your life. Each box contains an item that is a blessing an item that you can give away to a friend, an item that helps you to live on purpose, and an item that is centered around prayer in some sort. So those four themes really make up our box. We want women to be filled up with the blessing. We want that filling up to um, overflow into giving. So that way they can give a gift to a friend. It's already right there for them. Um, And then we want an item that helps them live on purpose. And then an item that just reminds them that prayer is not so much a script that we follow, but it's just our relationship with God. And really leaning into that helps us to live on purpose every day. So how do you choose the items? What, you know, are you working with um, specific companies or how does that work? So we always start with a theme and Abby, who's my designer, we sit down and we think about what is something that uh, we're looking for in our own lives or in the lives of women that we know and that are, you know, championing us and rooting for us. And so we really think about um, regular everyday items that we need and we kind of go from there and we're sourcing from companies that are primarily women owned. Um, They're not necessarily faith based, but they're showing up to live on purpose Um, in what God has asked them to do, whether they know it or not. Um, So other entrepreneurs, small business owners, women who are using their hands and using their gifts to bring joy into the world in a tangible way. I love that idea that uh, even though they're not faith-based, you know, sometimes people who who are not faith-based or who are not Christians don't realize that where that passion comes from. And so it would be really interesting to talk to someone who maybe did become a Christian later in life and then identified it. It reminds me of, um, have you read Madeline, Madeline Langle's walking on water? I have not. Okay. Well, that's like one of, I always see that as a recommended book about writing. And she talks about that, about, you know, you know, do we really need to separate Christian versus non-Christian when it comes to creativity and all of that? Um, and anyway, just reminds me of that about, you know, it's, it doesn't, you know, we were all made in God's image. We were all made with a purpose, whether or not we know him yet or not. Um, so that's really cool that you're sort of, I don't know, you're sort of using that, um, for God's, uh, glory, um, even though that wasn't that person's original intent. So I think that's pretty, pretty cool. So, um, 
excuse me. Um, so I, I was kind of looking over your Instagram and things like that. And you've written about being passionate about obedience. And, um, I thought that was interesting. You don't see that a lot. Um, although I think it's important because uh, the first thing I think sometimes people think about, Oh, is like legalism or something like that. So tell me about this draw to, to talk about obedience. Sure. Um, so I have to say I did not grow up in the church. Um, but I'm a very, um, straight by the book rule follower type of personality, just straight out of the gate, um, kind of a stick in the mud sort of person. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting that vibe at all though. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so that is just my personality. Um, but I grew up going through hard seasons of life and I never knew where to put those hard parts of my story. Um, I started going to church in high school and um, the first Sunday that I was there, of course, the youth group was talking about abstinence. And this was like, just, <laughs> that was my welcome. Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I felt like when I walked in the doors, I just, I found what I didn't know I was looking for. Um, and that just kind of ignited my life and changed the trajectory of who I would be. Um, and I realized that who I was inside, kind of like what you were saying, that invitation, whether we know God or not, businesses or not, people or not. God is always pursuing us. He is always, always, always pursuing us. Um, and when I went to church, I felt like he knew me already. Um, and so from there, I just started um, discovering more about myself and just that desire of, I want to do the right thing and I want to follow him. And it took me some time to weed out the legalism in my own um, in my own headspace and trying to become a new Christian who already had a personality that, you know, she saw the world in black and white and there were rules for everything. And so I went down that path of legalism and God helped me. He was so gracious and patient with me to just um, shave away those hard parts of my heart. Um, but now I view obedience because I've been through so many pivots in life, so many unexpecteds and curveballs um, just within community, in our relationships, in our marriage, in motherhood. I've just realized that obedience is our steady and mm -hmm. obedience isn't something that we need to bemoan, but it's something that's for our own good and for our own benefit. And at the end of the day, when we are in those seasons of grief and hardship, it's really the only thing that we can count on. God mm -hmm. is God is the only thing that we can count on. And um, I I constantly say, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just going to show up anyways. And that's really what obedience is: is that we don't need to know all the answers from God. We don't need to see the other side of it. We may even hate our season of life. But us choosing to actively show up in obedience is really powerful um, just to reform and refine us. Um, he uses that season to grow us. And it's all about him refining us so we can glorify him and others see that refinement. Um, and, yeah. you know, just building the kingdom here and doing it together imperfectly. Yeah. I love that. It's just like kind of a coincidence that I caught that on your Instagram because so I'm going through experiencing God. Have you done that study? No, I haven't. I've well, heard of it. you probably heard of it. Yeah. It's like pretty famous. And we're going through that at church and 
you know, one of the things that sort of struck me and maybe it should have been obvious before, but it stuck with me is the, one of the core tenets of the book is, um, in our obedience, God reveals more of himself to us. And so in a way, what I'm taking from this is that you can't know God as best as you can without obedience. Um, He more clearly reveals his purposes to you in obedience. And in the same way you're talking about going through hardship, like I would assume that also means he reveals, um, you know, you, you have a better understanding of the comfort and the clarity and the words and, you know, his character coming through to, to be a rock for you through that obedience too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, uh, you know, so, sometimes we're talking so much about grace and mercy and all of these things, which are good that we forget that like, you know, the, one of the main parts of all of this in our relationship with God is that obedience factor. So I really love that you focus on that and you, you kind of telling people the truth in that. Um, now I also noticed something else you wrote about, which really struck me was overcoming numbness. Now, does that mean numbness in your faith life? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I think it's actually both. Um, yeah. To be honest, um, in my faith walk and then also just mentally too. Um, I think that when we're in seasons of suffering and as a caregiver, um, for anybody who's in a perpetual state of caregiving, whether it's motherhood, whether it's um, in healthcare, any of those situations, um, I just feel like sometimes we show up, we're doing the obedient thing and we're showing up, um, but it can become a routine um, and we just start serving and doing and we're not stepping away enough to be filled up by him before we go out and serve again. Um, And so that can create a sense of numbness just in our own, in our head and heart space, but also in our faith wall, because we start asking the questions, what am I doing and why am I doing this? Um, And we no longer know what the root or motivation is to the work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of almost accidentally, I just launched a new website and as I was writing the copy, you know, sometimes when you're writing, it just like sort of comes out, like you don't even plan it, you know, something, you know, as God gives you a message. And so I actually, on part of the copy for the website, talk about like, you know, have you ever, are you feeling burned out on your faith or like, does it feel numb sometimes? And I, I feel sort of drawn as well to speak to people that are going through that because I've been there for sure. Um, and I think there's so much that God wants to say to that, to speak to that. Um, and so I think so many people, you know, even, you know, these seasoned Christians that, you know, are not doubting their faith, but they're just like, they're going through it. Where is God? They don't feel him showing up. And so I think it's important that we're honest about that and talk about that. Cause sometimes, you know, people don't want to talk about it cause they don't want to seem like they don't have faith or, you know, they don't want to, you know, appear a certain way, but I think it's like this honesty and this grappling and being honest with God and all of these things, it's so important to talk about openly in order to like move through it. Right. Right. I think it's an invitation um, for him to just meet us in that space. Um, and when we can be brave enough um, to say that out loud to other people, um, especially people who are um who have been walking faithfully for years, um, mm-hmm. I find that there's that tension a lot of times uh, where they're kind of sitting back and they're saying, is this it? Or they find themselves, they're just waiting for heaven. 
That's it. They just want to, you know, I'm just doing what I need to do to get by so I can get to heaven, you know? Yeah. Um, And that right there, you know, I just, I want to speak to that and say, oh, no, no, sister, you know, we can do this together. It's hard. I've been there. I felt that. Um, But we were created to, you know, build right now, here and now. Yes. Um, And it's not about where we're going, but it's about bringing heaven here. It's about God inviting us to do that work with him. Yeah. So one of the favorite thing, one of my favorite things um, along those lines that I've learned in the past year is I read, um, well, now I can't remember the name of the book, but it's by N.T. Wright. And he, talked, yeah, he <laughs> talks about, he's like, you know, your forever life has already begun. Right. Like, it's true. Like the moment that you, you know, accept Christ, that you g- come into his family, like, yeah, we're going to die a physical death but our eternal life with God has already begun. And so like you were saying, we don't have to wait. And then there's just so much in the Bible about, you know, creating and living, like you say, living out your purpose and doing what you're intended to do here on earth for right now. And um, I do think sometimes there is that tendency within certain parts of the church to kind of focus too much on heaven. Like, yes, that's an ultimate destination, but at the same time, like we're kind of already there in in a certain way. So um, that's really interesting. And something that I think, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it and I've been a Christian a long time, so (laughs) maybe a lot of people haven't thought about it. (laughs) I think that there is such a conversation um, about purpose and what's our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hope is that we could be confident enough to and secure enough in God to know that we are purposed just by being here right now as we are. We don't talk about that a lot. We think that our purpose, um, we almost always link it to something that we have to do and something that we have to discover and we go down that path. And I hope that um, we can have more conversations about what does it mean to show up as purpose women already, you and me sitting here, we're already purposed. We're already living and working for the kingdom right here and right now. Um, And what we're doing in being stewards of our home and of our time and of our relationships, you know, with the people that we interact with every day. And it's not something that we have to go out and chase, but something that if we just show up in obedience, we're already serving God just as we are. So, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So one last question before we get to the end, um, how are you teaching your kids faith? How are you conveying that to them um, just in the home? I mean, I know like I, I've been saying lately, like when I, before I had kids, I was kind of like, yeah, we'll go to church and, you know, do all these things. But the, I started to realize like it really is my job to disciple them and to teach them what they need to know. I cannot rely on church or other people. And so it's a lot of pressure in a way. Um, but I love to hear what other moms are doing. Sure. Um, so I'm sure it's not a surprise, but I'm a stickler for (laughs) obedience. (laughs) Um, but how that translates, um, to, you know, our kids are so young, um, and they're at that tension of, they want to be independent and do everything their way. Um, and what I constantly remind them of and say is that if you cannot obey mommy, you know, if you cannot hear the words that I'm saying and act upon what I'm asking you to do, if you cannot tune your ears to hear me, how can you tune your ears to hear God? 
Um, there are so, so, so many distractions in this world. And my hope is that I would purposefully teach my kids how to obey in the small ways of um, being kind to one another. Um, I, I'm very much one. I'm a mom who's, I'm going to stop my kids in the middle of things that are happening to bring awareness to what the bigger issue is. Mm-hmm. They don't realize what's going on. Um, but every mom they're in the kitchen, they're in the bedroom, wherever you're at in your house. Um, and kids just start talking to you from rooms away, you know, just, they just start entering rooms, talking to you. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I just realized, I was like, you know, they are just so unaware of what else is happening around them as kids will do. And they just start having conversations. And I think, um, it's about being intentional about saying, you know, is mommy looking at you? No, my eyes aren't looking at you. And so I don't know that you're talking to me. So teaching those small things of this is how we communicate with people. Um, My youngest, she was calling from me from another room and asking and demanding for something. You know, (laughs) that's what kids do, right? Um, And just starts that demand from three rooms over and walks into the kitchen where I'm at. And, you know, I just kindly walked her out of the kitchen, turned her around and said, you're going to try this again. You're not going to start talking from a different room. You'll come into the kitchen. You'll use your eyes to look around and see what mommy's doing. And you'll come over to me and have a conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just so many things going on all the time. And uh, we do have to be intentional about teaching our kids to um, be aware of other people and what other people are doing, how other people are serving. Um, Yes, going to church. We go to church try to get there twice a week, you know, Sundays and Wednesday nights, but it's really about, you know, those conversations around the dinner table. Uh, We do that a lot here of just talking about our days, but trying to link that back to God and where did you see somebody that was struggling and how can we pray for them? Um, Just basic questions like that and having those conversations to always try to root it back to God. Yeah, I love that advice about the coming into the room, making eye contact. I hadn't really thought about that before, but that's so true that like, they're always mom, mom, where's my milk, you know, all that stuff. And it is like, it really drives me crazy too. Cause I'm like, I'm not your personal servant to like, (laughs) you know? Um, And so that is a great, that is a great, like just little tip of advice, I think for anybody with little kids, for sure. Um, Okay, Monet. So I always like to ask people, what are they reading? Um, And if you have any uh, suggestions on podcasts or other things that you're into right now that you can tell us about. Um, so what I'm reading right now, and it's not really a book, but a book of liturgies, um, every moment holy, I'm really trying to, um, get into reading that every morning. That's how I start my mornings. Um, and I'm loving doing that. And I've been working through another book, um, by Bonnie Gray, Sweet Lake Jasmine. Um, love that book. I got it a while ago, read it before, and now I'm just reading it again because I just think it's really good. That fiction? No, it's nonfiction. Um, It's like a nonfiction historical Christian. Um, Okay. Okay. Kind of like a memoir on her part, um, but Christian as well. So that's really good. Um, And then podcasts. um, I know I'm a little late to the game, but I just, (laughs) um, I don't, I have a hard time with podcasts because again, to me, it's noise. I would much rather read something. (laughs) Totally get that. 
Totally yes. get that. Yes. So, and you know, the kids, they're just always talking. So I just feel right. like I'm being talked at all the time. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I know I'm late to the game, but that sounds fun with Annie F. Downs. I've started that. <laughs> got a <laughs> lot again. of episodes to catch up on on that one. Well, and I felt overwhelmed because I was looking at it. I was like, there are just so many episodes. And so I need to pick where to start. And so. Yeah. Or just pick the people you want to listen to. Just like, I know that name. I'll listen to them. Yeah. There's like, I've definitely, I used to listen to hers like very consistently. Totally not consistent anymore. I, I definitely have like, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to. And you just can't. So yeah. you just got to pick and choose. Yes. There are so many, there are so many good things out there. And yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, tell people how they can get the purpose box. Sure. Um, you can, if you're following me on Instagram at, at monet.carpenter or at purposed.box. Um, and there's a link there. Um, but it's also purposedbox.createjoy.com is where they can order. Um, okay. We ship out monthly. Last day to order is um, to get the current box. The last day to order is the end of the current month. Okay. Well, we will put a link um, to that as well in all the places. Um, thank you so much, Monet. It was great to talk with you. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.